So hey, everybody, and welcome back to the Digital Bookshelf. Um, I'm your co-host. My name is Devin. Today, we're actually joined by our very first uh, author that's going to be on the podcast. Uh, his name is uh, Jay Dennison Reed. So say hello. Hey, Devin. How's it going? All right. I'm good. Thank you. How are you? Not too bad. All right. Awesome. So if you guys don't know, um, Jay Dennison Reed has written a book called uh, Clipper's War, the, Blue Ga- the Bluegrass Battleground. Now, we actually met on Twitter. We actually saw a book. Um, no, we actually saw a tweet where you were actually tweeting out about sharing your book. And uh, we checked it out and we thought it was really awesome. And we thought, you know, why not invite it on? Um, so why don't we start by you just telling us a, a bit about yourself? Well, I'm originally I'm from the United States. I'm originally from um, New Jersey. Uh, I joined the military. And, uh, you know, went around the world for uh, a little bit, not too long. And I ended up back on the east coast of uh, the United States and uh, settled in Virginia. So um, when I was um, a kid, I was always fascinated by writing. I was writing poetry, short stories, and I've always wanted to write a novel. But, you know, because of my career and everything like that, I I just I didn't have the time to do it. So... um, during uh, I started uh, Clifford's War when I was uh, on a job, and I saw a a church um, in Culpeper, Virginia, called the Fleetwood Church. It's actually okay. a little a little famous. Uh, you can you can Google it, and you can see pictures of it online. Um, I guess it was in the TV show or something. But okay. um, when I saw the church, I was I, my 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 thought process just triggered and I was thinking of all these different things like what if somebody was trapped in the church what if somebody was you know it was like an uh, um you know like a like a place where you know people were you know kept or something like that so I had all these thoughts of about this church because it's a very kind of ominous looking building okay so uh I had a camera with me I snagged a picture of it and I just kept it on my computer for I don't know about a year and then yeah, and I, I didn't even think about it for a while, and then and then one day I stumbled upon the picture, and all those thoughts came flooding back, and I said, you know what? Let me let me write a story about this. So, so if you read the opening uh, to Clifford's War, he's actually inside that church, mm, and he was okay. he was kidnapped, and he's trying to free himself. Okay. So that's where I got the beginning of the story, and um, I, I uh, it, it was a little too ominous for an action book to put on the cover, so uh, I had it yeah. on the back of the book. So the uh, the actual picture I took is on the back of the book, which is kind of interesting. Wow. Okay. Um, yeah. And so it's fair to say that uh, kind of the process of writing this book, it was actually going on a long before you actually started writing it between going there, seeing the church. Oh, yeah. Wow. Okay. And you said as well yeah. that even much, much before uh, the book, you've always kind of had a passion and an interest in writing. Yes. Yes, okay. that's, that's true. Okay, wow, that's great. And and this is your debut novel. And I'm just um just from even looking at some of the reviews online, it is quite impressive. Like I'm just looking at a comment here. Um, so yeah, uh, what a page turner indeed. Like the other reviewers, I could not put this thriller down. The characters, the writing style, and the flow of the story was faultless. So when you're working, obviously, when every every author starts off with an idea and then they put uh, you know, a pen to paper and they start writing it out, fleshing it out, and eventually they end up uh uh, releasing it um so when you're hearing feedback like this you know um you know, five stars you know and they're the caption is action-packed appealing and simply addictive how does that feel it's it it's undescribable it's an amazing feeling um you, when, when i when i finished clifford's war uh you know i i have to to thank my wife 
so much because she she's sat by me and 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 helped me so much with this book you know even like the proofreading and editing and and you know coming up with different ideas and situations for some of the characters i mean she helped me immensely so, mm-hmm. so um when 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 i i released it to the world my only thought was this is going to be an utter failure yeah <laughs> i think that i think every author kind of goes through that but once you once you start getting those reviews coming in and people are saying oh this is a great book we love this book and then you you send it off to get the editorial reviews and the editors come back and and give you five star ratings it's it's such an amazing feeling that that you you feel like you know uh, vindicated and, and justified that that your work is actually good. Mm. And do you feel like, because I know like you were saying, of course, um, a lot of authors, maybe everyone has that bit of imposter syndrome where they think, okay, no one's going to read this or it's going to fail, <laughs> it's not going to sell or anything like that. How did you kind of overcome that kind of imposter syndrome? Did that only happen after, uh, you know, the review started coming in or did you say, you know what, this is actually a good piece of work? Oh, um, it, you get that throughout the entire process. I, I remember uh, there was one part of, uh, of Clifford's War, if, I, if you'd allow me to talk about this for a second. Yeah, sure. Where uh, um, uh, Clifford follows somebody to a hotel and we're trying to figure out, or Clifford's trying to figure out where they are located room-wise in the hotel. And when I first wrote it, I wrote it as kind of like a, like a sneaky sleuthy you know he runs up the stairs he's running away from these bad guys running away from those bad guys and you know like i said credit to my wife she read this and she almost threw the book at me she said this this is not going to work this is this is too much to follow mm. so i went i went back and i reread it and i said you're right i was like this is terrible writing and then and then she's like you have to fix it and i was like i don't know how she's like just delete it and start over <laughs> So, wow, really? And 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 let's just say well, in just, terms just, of... just the just the chapter, just the chapter. So wow. <laughs> that would have been yeah, awesome so... the whole book. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, yeah. So but, but uh, going what... through it, it's like it's like um it's it's difficult because you know you get that feeling like this I'm not good enough, I'm not good enough. But eventually you get those those thoughts and like, you know what, I can make this so easy and simple. He just does this. I'm not gonna give anything away. And uh and then it makes much more sense and then you just continue on so okay okay and i guess because we've already we've uh, we've checked out the book but i guess for people that are listening um obviously on on the podcast why don't you give them like a really quick summary of what the actual story is about yeah sure so uh, uh clifford his name is clifford d uh d-e-e which he explains several times in the book over which is a running gag kind of thing okay. um he's a private investigator who was a military veteran um he the beginning of the book starts with him being kidnapped by um two serial killers named the Thai brothers and um he was hired by the local mafia to take them out because of a uh somebody that they 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 killed that was in the mafia so um he's kidnapped he has to escape now uh he gets he gets paid for this job by the mafia and now he's indebted to the mafia and uh they want him to do more and more and he's like this is not me i'm a i'm an investigator not a killer okay so he has to figure out how to get out of the clutches of the mafia um where his friends don't get killed and his family doesn't get killed and and that type of thing so it's 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 actually very um riveting i don't want to give too much away but it's yeah no absolutely it definitely doesn't sound like uh it definitely isn't a point a to point b type of story i'm assuming that um 
obviously very suspenseful, a lot of up and ups and downs. And you know, you're like you're coming at him with all this thing. You know, he's he's a private investigator. Uh, he's got that that military background. He gets involved with the mafia and stuff like that. I mean, where did you uh, get the the inspiration for this type of story? Did you think that maybe? Um, did you draw from your experience in the military yourself? Uh, yes, and also stories from other other people that I knew that were in the military. Oh. Um, uh, yeah, so there, there's um, a lot of. Um, yeah, pulling from other people, you know, uh, interviews, talking with others, and, you know, kind of like a, a collection of stories and, and, uh, and experiences from, from uh, people that I know. And uh, a couple of the characters that are in the book are actually real people. Okay. Um, the, uh, and some of them are based upon other people that I know. Cool. So, uh, yeah, there's, there was a lot of talking and, and discussing with people um, about you know, how to shape the story. And that's kind of, that's kind of how it went. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. And for the whole book, let's just say from the day you started writing until the day you held the copy in your hand, how long did it take? Oh, from what I, oh, uh, I think it took close to two and a half years. Wow. Yeah. Um, I, like I said, I, I still work a full-time job. Uh, so yeah. my, my writing habits, I, I usually write on the weekends when I have time. Um, but uh, but I'm not a, I'm not an everyday writer, so uh, um, I I tend I tend to write like on the weekends, uh, maybe like Saturdays and Sundays, and uh, and I'll probably write a, you know a few pages a day. But uh, I want to say that that the COVID lockdown when COVID happened, that really helped me finish my book. Because wow! Yeah, that's great. My, my full time job they they sent everybody home for about about eight months, we were sitting at home and we were, we were, you know, teleworking and in, in between meetings and in between phone calls and stuff like that, I would just write because there was nothing else for me to do. So um, I want to say I went from maybe four or five chapters in to finishing my book in 2020. Wow. So it kind of shows as well, uh, I guess when you're, when you're kind of left with no choice but to sit down and actually start writing Joe especially when you're working at home you don't have the commuting time you're not as stressed out from work and stuff like that you can actually be much more productive working from home as opposed to maybe working on it part-time during the weekends or maybe an hour in the evening that's true yes yes wow. that's, that's a good assessment yeah but I, I mean obviously a lot of people would look and say okay um if if you said to people okay start writing a book and you're going to have it in two and a half years I mean, a lot of people, when they start writing a book, they get that initial burst of energy where it's like, okay, they're writing, 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 and they'll write the first chapter in like two to three weeks. And then it slowly becomes a chapter in every like month, every two months. And it's like the, the progress kind of slows down. I guess that's maybe because when people start writing a book, it's when they have that peak motivation, you know, enough motivation to actually start. So did you find it difficult to stay motivated throughout your kind of writing journey? Or did you just think, you know what, I've started this, so I'm going to finish it no matter what? Oh, for sure. I mean, uh, there were times where I would not write anything for a month. Um, and it, it is difficult to stay motivated sometimes, especially when you have, you know, writer's block or, or um, you just, you just don't have the energy or the motivation to do it. You know, like, like you said, you know, you work a full-time job, you have stressors. I, I have children, they have their, you know, their, their needs, you know, I'm also a husband, my wife has her needs. So there's a lot of, 
a lot of factors in there that uh, you have to actually schedule time to, to sit down and write. And if you don't schedule good writing habits, then you can go a long time without, you know, putting pen to paper or, or fingers to keyboard to, to write. Okay, wow. Yeah, especially John, like you were saying, I think you're speaking for a lot of people there by saying, John, you have kids, uh, you have a partner, you have a job. I think a lot of people maybe assume that writers, that's their only thing is their only goal is to write this book and that's it. They have no other responsibilities, even if it was outside of uh, just say financial responsibilities of going to work and stuff like that. But obviously people have family, friends, kids and stuff like that. So when you were taking a month off from writing, did you find that was because of those responsibilities or was it from a lack of um, kind of motivation to actually sit down and write? Well, I would say it's a little of both. I mean, um, of course, you have to put your family first and 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 take care of that. Uh, and, and as well, you know, writing is not my my breadwinner, so I, I have to put my job before writing as well. Of course. But, yeah, uh, there's a lot of, um, you know, I would say that, uh, you know, motivation, you know, you, like, you, like you said before, you can come home tired or, or um, you know, you have like a, like a soccer game or, or a football game to go to with the kids or something like that and on the weekends and you just you just don't have the energy to, to write afterwards so there's a lot of different things that uh, that play into that yeah absolutely because even if you might have an hour to spare it's not exactly like you get 60 minutes go from the first minute to the final minute of that hour of absolutely writing because i guess some days you can be there for an hour and write more than you get written the next day in three hours I guess it all depends on kind of your mood and your mindset as well and like you said having those kind of good writing habits yeah yeah you have to be in the right mindset to write that's that's true because uh there's been a lot of times where I've I've scheduled you know two hours on the weekend to sit down and write and I just stare at the computer and I'm going where am I going to go what am I going to do uh this there's three characters that are still up in the air that need to do something and I haven't thought about what they need to do and I just sit there and I stare at it for you know 20 or 30 minutes and I only end up writing for like 15 or 20 and then I think a little bit more but and there's other times where you know you know in in the shower the day before I have all these ideas or I'm driving to work and I have all these ideas and when I get home that's all I want to do is you know make sure I get those ideas out on on the screen or on paper yeah it's definitely not a type of um if you can call it a job let's just say it's definitely not a type of job where uh like like going to the office for eight hours a day and that's it. You go do your work and come back. I guess with writing and with like any type of, uh, I guess, more like artistic job or kind of any type of freelance work, like you said, there can be days where you just don't write at all. And then the next day you do like a week's work worth of work in one day. Right. Hmm. So obviously, even from just hearing you between uh, the time commitment and some of the struggles that you kind of had to overcome while writing the book, obviously going through some writer's block. And obviously every writer, I assume, gets quite frustrated at times. But when you finally released the book, what was the general response? Uh, the general response, the, the first person that, that uh, actually bought the book, uh, they downloaded an e-copy of the book and read it. And she was actually the very first reviewer on Amazon. Um, oh. It was a friend of my wife's. My, my wife was bragging that I just published a book and her friend was like, oh, really? And then it was her best friend from high school. So yeah. she, she, she downloaded the book and she is, is an avid reader. So she read it within two or three days and then she put a review on there. And she said, this is amazing. You need to tell everybody about this book. So wow. I was like, 
and and I was just shocked that I got that that feedback, that initial feedback. And I'm and of course I'm thinking that's just one person and as a friend, you know, whatever. But the more and more people read it, and the more and more feedback you get, you know, from people that you know, the more you, the better you feel. But it's always that one or two reviews that you get from people that you don't know, that you that are complete strangers, that really make it special because these people they don't know you from Adam, so they give you a, the most honest review possible. And then when it comes back and it's a good review, then it's like, oh my goodness. Yeah, because you know that even if it is your friend or something like that, there is always that most of the time they are being honest, but there is always that kind of subconscious bias that they may have that it's their friend's book or something like that. But seeing uh, comments come in from random people, let's just say on Amazon, so on the internet, you know, like this comment here is just saying this book was one big climax. I absolutely couldn't put it down. Great debut. Like seeing something like that must be absolutely amazing to know that someone is saying that it's a good book, a hundred percent based on the actual work, not because they know you or something like that. Oh yeah. It's, it's, it's totally thrilling. Yeah. Wow. I, sorry. Um, I actually can't believe that. Um, even just imagining it because I can imagine if I was to write my own book, Obviously, the first few people that would be leaving comments and buying the book would be my family and friends. And while they would give me constructive feedback, I'd say it would more than likely be on the positive side. But you already noted that even during the writing process of the book, that your uh, your wife was actually quite honest with, you know, this is good or this, this, should, uh, this should be removed. Do you think yeah. that if she had said, you know what, it's great, it's great, and just been uh, saying yes all the time that the book quality wouldn't have been half as good as what it actually is oh for sure for sure if 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 she if she just said yes 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 this is great um and and didn't bother with with the constructive criticism i mean the the book wouldn't nearly be as good as it is now i'm that's one thing that you have to learn um as a creator not just not just an author but as a creator that you you have to embrace that negative feedback because mm -hmm. it it makes your creation so much better um, a matter of fact, uh, I, I sent my book off to uh, online book club, which is which is an internet book club, okay. and they they did a book review, and they only judge on four stars, and they they gave Clifford's War a three star review, and they came and the reviewer came back and said, um, great story, great book, it was a great review. It's like, but there were some errors in this book, so I'm going to give it three stars instead of four stars, okay. and I felt terrible i was like a three-star review that's terrible <laughs> but 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 my my wife actually said no 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 read what he said it's don't look at the stars read what he said he he loved the story he just there's there's a, a few errors in the book um that we didn't catch in the editing process so he just deducted a star so don't don't worry about that it, you know that's that's not a big deal i mean people are loving the story and people are loving the reading and the and the writing it's just it's amazing it's just there was a few errors yeah, so yeah. going back and, and rereading it and looking at it, it's like, yeah, I, I guess I could have made that just a little bit better. I have to pay a little bit more attention to the editing process. Yeah, because um, yeah, I didn't hire an editor. I, I, uh, I did everything myself. Mm -hmm. and, and when you edit yourself, it's there's you save a little bit of money, but uh, a lot of times your brain will read what your brain is supposed to read and not what's actually on the page. So there's there's a there is a significant plus to have somebody else edit your book for you not only because maybe because i guess 
um, when you're the person looking at the same manuscript over and over and over again, it's almost memorized in your brain that the mistakes don't even stand out to you. But I guess when you have a fresh pair of eyes looking at it, not only are they probably a professional editor, but also right. they'd be able to catch kind of writing errors that you may have made as well. Wow. Yeah, no, that's absolutely right. great, especially because you were saying, you know, her, uh, your, like your partner, by giving that critical feedback, it actually allowed you to improve the book. And even by uh, the online book club, with, like if a book is three stars and another is four stars, how do you tell the difference? Like there's definitely a difference between a five star book and a three star book, but the the line is quite blurred. You know what I'm saying? And I'm glad that you were able to take the feedback they gave you and uh, not see it as a negative. You know, obviously the story was great and stuff like that. And it was good that you were able to say, okay, the reason because is because just say maybe an error in the editing, but it wasn't really a criticism of the of the writing itself. Co correct, correct, and and just and despite the the few errors that the uh, that the reviewer found in the book, um, on the uh, online book club, it still won uh, book of the year for crime thriller mystery and horror wow. category. So congratulations! How did that make you feel? Oh, it was an amazing feeling. Um, I mean, whenever you, whenever you win an award or, or or get you know a notable accomplishment for for your for your work, it's 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 amazing, and and um, the the fact that the it's a book of the year and it's like and now say it's an award-winning book yeah uh, wow, amazing and put this the little seal on the cover which i'll probably do next month uh it it uh it's, it's an amazing feeling it's just it's like i said you feel vindicated in your work that that it's good and is the book available exclusively online or is it also available in bookstores um, it's exclusively online right now. Um, I've I've talked with uh, Barnes and Noble to try to see if we can get it in in their stores. Wow! But uh, they 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 haven't been uh, very communicated communicated to me. So it's 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 difficult to to get that. To, well, it's difficult for anybody to get their books in the bookstore if it, if it's not like a bestseller or yeah. um, have a, a marketing agent or or somebody that actually drives your book to the media. Um, I was actually doing a little bit of research on that the other day, because uh, like I said, this is, I'm, I'm a new author, I'm a new writer, this is my first book, um, and I am totally clueless when it comes to marketing. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Yeah, because I think that's the type of thing to be, it's like, uh, I guess it's kind of like even making music, you can make the best music in the world, but if no one's hearing it, then it, it doesn't, it might, it might as well not even exist, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, coming back just to the um, just to the feedback, just for one more uh, question, I guess another thing, because um, like I said, you know, uh, by you receiving that critical feedback, it helped you kind of sculpt a better book. How do you determine? So if I was to say, OK, uh, like if I was to give you criticism of your book, how do you distinguish uh, between this is just a negative person who's just hating on my work versus someone who is actually trying to help me? How do you distinguish? Well, you can, you can always look at the language that people are using. Mm -hmm. um, you know, if, if someone's saying, you know, this is crap and they're being very um, general with, with their language, then they, they're probably just a, a, a disgruntled person. Whereas if, if somebody comes by and says, you know, the writing is good. However, I think that they should work on their dialogue. The dialogue seemed a bit flat. Um, they, they really should go back to the editing process and continue to to uh, review their editing process. If they say things like that, it's still a negative comment, but they're trying to help. They're giving you constructive criticism. Okay. So you know, there's definitely a difference between 
you know, someone saying, you know, uh, being mean and being constructive. Okay, absolutely. Yeah, especially because even if a ne- even if you receive a negative comment, if it's giving you feedback, you know, that feedback could, like you said, maybe take your book from being a four star to a five star or making such changes can help you down the line when you're talking to maybe bookstores or other publishers and stuff like that. Wow. Okay. No, that's all really interesting. And if you're, maybe if we take a step back and just look at books in general, uh, was there any books that uh, maybe influenced your writing for, for this book? Cause I know myself, if I was to sit down and write a book, I'd immediately be kind of inspired by maybe the writing styles of authors I like or similar tropes and stuff like that. So is there anything that you said, okay, I can draw from this? Well, um, I, I, I'm, a, I'm a fan of James Patterson. Um, I, I like his style because it's very quick. And okay. um, I, I, I wanted to be an, uh, a writer kind of like that. And that's, that's how Clifford's War kind of reads. It, it reads kind of like a James Patterson book. Uh, you, you pick it up and there's there's it, it's it's a very quick read. It's it, there's not a lot of detail. It's not detail oriented. Um, I mean, there's plenty of detail in there. I'm just saying it's not like um, you, you don't sit there and you get bored with them talking about you know uh, the the color of the can in the kitchen. The, you know, you stuff that you don't really care about. A lot of a lot of writers will put filler in there uh, just to get their word counts up. But there's nothing like that in, in yeah. the book. The you you would sit there and read and kind of get bored with. It just it, it cuts right to the chase and and it's a very quick fast read and I and that's one of the things that I liked about his his type of books is that you pick it up and you're and it's you're in the action you're reading and you're you know everything is important and you're like this is this is great you know you know what I'm saying yeah absolutely because I'm definitely seeing here as well even another five star even another five star review coming in from Amazon they said you know great read exciting suspenseful easy to follow with interesting characters so. I think, do you think going forward, maybe in your next book um, or your, any of your future writing, that that kind of quick paced story without much filler is kind of the style that you'd like to replicate? Oh, yes. Yeah. I mean, uh, going back and, and, and reading the book, I've, I mean, I've, of course, I've read this book, you know, thousands of times. But, you know, going back and, and reading it, and even I will get you know, absorbed in the story, even though I know what's happening, what's going to happen next and stuff, I, I get absorbed in the reading. So I can only imagine that that uh, a person that's picking it for the first time and reading it with fresh eyes, how they feel when they pick it up. Mm, wow. Okay. Because again, like I'm saying, look, five stars, great story, fantastic read, uh, engaging and multifaceted. I'd recommend to anyone who likes the genre. I mean, like you said, if you've worked so hard and you've spent, like, I'm, I'm, I'm going to assume... Uh, hundreds if not uh, maybe over a thousand uh, hours working on the book to receive uh, comments and feedback like that from people who've actually sat down and read the book that you put so much work into it must feel uh, just so rewarding it really is it really is like I said it's 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 almost indescribable how how the, the feeling that you get when when you're getting those that feed that positive feedback in and um the, the, the people are just saying how great it is and 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 the and the reviews that come in it's just it's in, indescribable <clears throat> if you were to say uh, obviously you wouldn't know the exact amount but how many hours do you think you put into writing this story just writing alone oh that, oh that's hard to say um <laughs> it's really hard to say um I, I i don't know if i could calculate that ah <laughs> uh, no that's okay i'm well, let, well let's assume that it wasn't uh it wasn't written in in a week 
um, obviously over over two and a half years. Uh, that's obviously quite daunting for a lot of people if they when they hear it took me two and a half years to write a book, regardless of whether it became a bestseller or not. I think maybe nowadays because they see their favorite author say, okay, I'm starting a new book. Then six months time, the book is in their favorite bookstore and it sells a million copies and it's a bestseller. But what's the part of being an author and writing a book that people don't see or a lot of people don't kind of understand? Well, um, I want to go back to something you said just a, just a second ago yeah, um, when you said it's, it's kind of daunting to hear that it took two and a half years to write a book. Um, I, I, um, I watched an interview with uh, Neil Gaiman. Um, I'm sure you know who Neil Gaiman okay. is. Um, and uh, he talked about writing the story Caroline and, and or Coraline. And, and um, it, it took him, I think he said, six years to write that story. Wow. And, and it's because he, he started it when he was... Um, in Europe, over in England, and uh, he decided to move to, to America. So he kind of shelved his writing and, and let it sit there for a while. And he was doing other projects. And then as, as his children got older, he's like, you know, I, I wanted to write the story for my children. I, I should get back on this. And he started writing it again. And from the start to the finished process, it was a little over six years, I believe he said. So wow. uh, just because it takes a little bit of time to write a story, still write it continue to write i mean i i never never stop your story and that's that's one thing that i'm i i harp on with new new authors is i mean i've i've started four different books i've started four different novels in my in my when i when i wanted to when i started my writing path okay. and Clifford's war was the only one that i finished wow. and i regret not finishing the other three and is it a case that you started one and then stopped started another one and then stopped or were they all kind of ongoing or what happened? Well, you, I would get fleeting ideas uh, for different stories and you, you, you run into writer's block and then you go back and you reread what you wrote trying to, trying to you know, get some more ideas. Mm -hmm. And I would just say, you know what? This isn't going anywhere. I don't like it. And I would delete the book. I would delete everything. Wow. And I would just get frustrated with myself. And then when I started Clifford's War, I promised myself I wouldn't do that. Uh, because I wanted to finish a novel and, and uh, it, it became, it became a challenge to me. So I would write, I would get writer's block. I would stop. I would think I would read, read what I wrote. I would go back and, and, you know, talk to people, get some ideas. And then, you know, maybe, like I said, a month later, I would start writing a little bit more and I would not, I, I refuse to let myself get discouraged. Mm, of course. So because a lot my of message to writers. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. I'm sorry. Oh yeah, no, sorry. I was just gonna say because, like you said, you know, you're you're you were gonna uh, definitely not let yourself kind of give up or let this one fall by the wayside. And I guess for a lot of people, even people who aren't aspiring authors, a lot of people have a life goal of publishing a book, even if it's just a book that they are the only person that ever read it. You know, to hold their own work in their hands. Yeah, yeah. And and my message to those to the to those new writers or those those first time writers is just keep writing your book. Don't stop. You know, those those ideas will come eventually. I mean, if if it takes you four years, if it takes you five years, if it takes you six years, you you never know. You could create a masterpiece. And uh, and I think you know Neil Gaiman uh, he created a masterpiece, and it took him six years to do it. And that's kind of like my like my message to people is just keep writing. Mm, of course, because I guess maybe nowadays there's maybe a sense of because everything is so fast. The media is moving so fast. The news is moving so fast. Everything is so fast that maybe people feel like under pressure to 
maybe pe some people may have an unrealistic expectation of how long it takes to actually write the book and between writing it, editing it and actually publishing it, then it can take even more time. So um, even if a book is taking just say two or three years, are you saying that that's kind of quite common for a lot of authors when they're writing their book? I, b I believe it is. I believe it is. And, and it's, and you can get a little discouraged just like you, you see, you see, I want to mention James Patterson again. He he releases a book like every two months, but people don't understand that this is James Patterson's full-time job. This is what he does. He writes books and he has a team of people that go through and edit it and, and reread it. And then he goes back and he does his rewrites. And then a month later he's done with his book and he publishes it. Uh -huh. So it's, it's, it's easy for people that, I'm not gonna say it's easy for people to do it this way, but it's, it's easy for James Patterson to do it this way because he has a whole process down. Yeah, absolutely, and yeah. Whereas so, if, you're, if you're writing your own book, you're kind of juggling many different hats. So you're the writer, you're the editor, uh, you're the person who markets the book. But I guess if it's just the writing, it becomes a lot more streamlined, but, not, but uh, still difficult nonetheless. Sure. Yeah, that's that's exactly what I was trying to say. Yeah. So, I mean, when, when once you come up with your own type of writing process, and I think that's the way he does it, everything is just completely streamlined, that uh, he's able to, to release two to three or, you know, three books or four books a year. And, and uh, you know, whereas it takes a, a normal writer to, you know, a year or two to actually write a book, and then you got to go through the editing process and that whole thing. So hmm. it, it takes it takes some time for a regular writer to, to write and, and edit and process their book. Of course. And I'm sure there's a lot of people out there who would see that, you know, people releasing best-selling books every two months and think, wow, writing a book must be, must be quite easy. Or, you know, they just think you sit down, write it. And then the next day it's in the bookshelf. But uh, like we were saying, Joe, what is that? What are the kind of difficulties that authors face that most people don't see or most people wouldn't understand? Um, I think that there's a stigma out there that if you're a writer and you write books that you're making a lot of money which is completely untrue <laughs> it's, it's the complete opposite uh writing is probably the most expensive habit you can do especially if you're publishing for for other people to read your book wow. um yeah I, I i told a friend of mine he, when i once i released a book and and had it published he's like oh you're gonna make a lot of money i said absolutely not i said uh, unless this becomes you know gets on the new york times bestseller list as a this 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 book is going to cost me a whole bunch of money and he and he didn't understand why and i said well look i i spent i spent over you know four thousand dollars getting this published um <clears throat> and then you know because you, you have the editing you have the cover design you have people you know looking through everything and i i did my own editing to save some money it would have cost me a lot more if i had somebody else do the editing for of course me. yeah you're spending all this money just to get your book published. And then once it's published and it gets, you know, you know, sent out to, to, you know, Amazon and, and other stores and stuff like that, you know, it sits there on the bookshelf because you didn't do any marketing. So now you have to spend money on marketing or you have to, you know, uh, do a pre-release, which I just learned about, uh, <laughs> which I should have done, but. And what but, is, uh, what is a pre-release for people who might not know exactly what that is? Because, you know, like there may be people out there like yourself who are maybe working on a book and maybe they say, oh, wow, I should do that. Well, it's a marketing tactic. So uh, what, it, what it is, is, you know, you'll, you'll release a, like, a, like a snippet of the book or, or maybe even um, uh, have, have uh, the people in media talk about it and uh, pre-order or whatever. And, and it kind of 
gets interest going before the book is published. Okay. So you're kind of building so, up that hype on social media and stuff like that. Right. Right. Exactly. And I, I did none of that because I had no, like I said, I, I was completely done with the marketing and I had no idea, well, you know, how to market a book when I, when I was going through the publishing process. <clears throat> okay. And so do you feel like that's maybe one of the hardest things about being an author is just that uh, aside from maybe the upfront cost, but also there's actually, aside from learning how to write you know, compelling stories, there's a huge learning curve of how to actually get the book um, and market it and make sure it goes into people's uh, bookshelf. Oh, for sure. I mean, uh, uh, last week I, I uh, asked a question on Twitter uh, to, to the writing community, asking them um, what they thought was more difficult, writing the book or selling the book. Mm -hmm. And it, 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 I'm going to say like, you know, 9.9 .9 out of 10 people said selling the book is much harder than writing. Mm -hmm. They love the writing process. They love going through and writing and editing and, and doing that thing. It's just, people are clueless about selling it. Absolutely. How do you sell yeah. your book? Because if you're writing a book, the only person you're accountable to uh, in most cases is yourself. So as long as you show up every day and do your piece of writing, no matter how long it takes, you'll eventually get that book, but it takes a whole different type of skill set to be able to convince someone, here's my story, uh, buy it, you know? Yeah, exactly. And, um, and you, if, if you go on Twitter, and you, I mean, I, I don't know if it's still trending right now, but the, 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 the question had, I want to say, five or 600 people answering the question. And, and it was just amazing all the feedback I got just from that one question, you know, and, and, and like I said, it, 99 out of 100 people said, selling the book is much harder than writing because you know it's it's a a marketing game it's a numbers game you i mean most people don't know you know how to sell and that i think it's a struggle for most people okay and when you were getting all those responses and stuff like that and a lot of people were kind of confirming uh you know your belief that it's the it's the whole part about selling did that make you feel better in terms of okay i'm not the only person or did it make you think is this kind of the state that the this whole writing and book publishing industry is in that there's so many people writing and yet uh, no one's here to read it because we can't get it in front of people's eyes? Well, I wouldn't say that it made me feel better. I, I guess it it made me it, it put a lot of things in perspective. That uh, I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, writers out there that are that are desperate to get their story out, and it's just difficult for them to get their book in front of other people's eyes. Mm. So, um, it just it and and I, I feel like I'm struggling just like they're struggling in that department. So it, it it didn't make me feel better, but it kind of put a lot of things in perspective. Okay, because if you if you take a look at um our Twitter, uh, in a lot of our comment sections to a lot of our tweets, you'll see a lot of people who are uh, commenting their book. They're giving kind of a short description of their book, maybe like the the back cover description of their book with a link to their Amazon page. And I think maybe some people think yeah, that by posting it and getting it in front of eyeballs that way, it's going to compel people to sit down and buy your book. But in a lot of cases, it just kind of appears as spam to a lot of people, especially if they're just you know, copy and pasting the link over and over again. So what kind of marketing techniques have you found that have been most successful for you when trying to just sell your book? Book reviews have people review your book uh professionally and you get get the little blurbs you know like like you you've you've read some of the comments on amazon yeah. but if you if you go through and you you look at some of the uh the book reviews that i've done or that i've had done 
um, through um, Indies Today or uh, Online Book Club or Reji Discovery or some of the other ones that are on there. Um, Independent Book Review is another one. Um, you can see that you know they, they, they will send you like a 500 word response to your book and what they thought of it. And you can take little pieces of, the, of their wording and use it to sell your book. And it, it is amazing. And, and then I want to say that I think readers are scared to waste their time. It's not nothing about money. You can put a book out there for, for free or for a dollar and people still won't be compelled to buy it if they think they're going to waste their time. Mm-hmm. And that's one thing, you know, watching a TV show or watching a movie, uh, you can sit down and say, okay, I just wasted two hours of my time watching this. Yeah, absolutely. But reading, it takes a whole lot longer and it's a lot more time consuming to someone and nobody wants to sit there and be halfway through a book that took them you know 15 or 20 hours and they say this book is going nowhere i hate it absolutely i think that's the best thing i could relate to myself is if you see a show on netflix and you're like "Mm, maybe it's good maybe it's not but you're like do i really want to waste an hour to try and see if this series is for me so when it comes to a book it's it's totally different because even if it was a even if it was a long movie of three hours, that's absolutely nothing compared to uh, Joe, a novel of just say three to 400 pages. Right, exactly. What you said there as well is interesting, getting book reviews. So when you are approaching these people to give you kind of blurbs that you can use, do you have to pay them? Or do these people, uh, do you kind of give them a free copy and they review it? How does that work? It all depends on the reviewer. Um, uh, I've, 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 for my experience, I've always had paid to do a, a book review uh this way it's it's you know a you know professional reviewer and i and i and they're that's that's their job is to is to read the book review and give you and give you feedback um i i kind of think that if, if you're giving somebody a copy of your book to do a review it's kind of like a friend's doing it i mean i it's not it, to me is that's not a a uh, editorial review it's more of like hey review my book you, you know you know what i'm saying mm, okay and I guess especially because if they've got like maybe um, talking from my own opinion, if I was to receive a book for free, I think, again, that bias of saying it's a good book just because I got it for free or since I'm not getting any money, I probably wouldn't put as much effort into reviewing the book uh, But since there's no financial incentive. But if they know, hey, look, I'm getting X amount of money to review this book, uh, I better actually do my job so I can get my money. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think you hit the nail on the head right there. Um, so yeah, two things could happen. Either they're not getting paid to do it. So they're just going to be, you know, you know half-assed with the review or they're going to say, Hey, I got this free book. It was, you know, read it because it was, it was good. You know, I don't think they're going to put their, their full effort into, into the review. Yeah. And we often see that as well, you know, like um, just say, for example, this book is amazing as a quote and then under it let's just say like like jay dennison reed if you were to review someone's book and then they the author will put that on their cover so you think by building up that kind of authority and putting little little pieces of reviews on your book uh, on your book cover and using it in your marketing that's more effective than just say uh, promoting or like posting it yourself on twitter or on instagram Yes, I really do. Um, and, and you can even use those reviews on, on Instagram or Twitter as well. I mean, you, you, uh, I, I do it all the time. It, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll post a, you know, the, the selling link for my book. And then you know, in, on top, I'll put some of the, uh, the blurbs from, 
the uh, editorial reviews that I've received. Okay, wow, that's great. And have you found social media to just be like absolutely the main way to drive sales for your book? Or are people finding it uh, organically just by searching on Amazon? It's it's the most cost-effective <laughs> way mm-hmm. of, of marketing the book. I wouldn't say it's the best way to market the book. I mean, there's a, there are a lot of services out there where people will uh, you know, tweet your book or, or put, post it in a Facebook group or uh, put it on Instagram. And, and those, those are all free services for, for people to do that. And, and you know, a, a lot of people will pay somebody to do it for them, which is a, is a different marketing strategy. I think it's interesting that uh, you know, if, if somebody else sees another person posting about your book, I think they're more, uh, more likely to look yeah. into it than if the author is continually posting it. So yeah, it kind of gives you that social proof. It seems like it's less promotional, like, hey guys, look, this book's great, go buy it. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And of, of course the author is gonna tell you that their book is good. So if, if they see other people marketing the book, I think they're more likely to, to look at it than if, say if the author is posting about it. Mm. And I must say, even me, myself, I would never see something on social media, even if it was like my favorite person in the world and they'll say, buy this or buy this new phone or this Apple watch or buy this book or listen to this song. Never. It would never bother me or influence me. There was one notable time. Um, I'm sure you know who Kanye West is. Kanye West. Oh. Yeah, sure. So, yeah. So I saw him one time and he posted the table of contents of a book. And it was like this uh, self-help book. Um, it was actually a book by an author called Greg McEwen. I think it's called The Undisciplined, no, The, Discipl- the Disciplined Pursuit of Less. Uh, but the whole book was anyways about kind of using your time more effectively and stuff like that. Um, but he didn't even mention the, the book title or the, the author's name in the picture. He just posted it with like a caption, like I'm reading a book. But that was the only time I've ever bought a book because I saw someone else reading it. Not because he was reading it, but obviously millions of people wouldn't have known about the book if he hadn't posted the picture of it. So I can definitely understand like someone saying, wow, it can't be that bad if this person's recommending it and they're my friend or something like that, you know? Oh, exactly. And and, and someone like Kanye West has extreme notability. So I mean, people people know who that person is. So absolutely, and, yeah. And, and he's and he's likable. So people are going to say, you know, I like that guy. I want to see. I want to see what he's reading. I want to read the same book that he's reading. So of course, people are going to buy it if somebody of that that notability is is yeah. going to post about it. Yeah, and like we said, there's so many people, hundreds, like thousands of authors who are trying to promote their book on Twitter, right? And even like you were saying when you were trying to talk with Barnes Noble. There's so much competition. And unless you have a huge social following or you've gone on like a bestsellers list on Amazon or something like that, it's really hard to get noticed either by in gen- people, readers in general, or by bigger organizations like a, a publishing company or a big bookstore. So what would your advice be to someone who wants to try and stand out amongst the crowd? Um, well, I want to go back to, to Barnes Noble real quick. Because yeah. I... I, I was thinking about it earlier. I, I didn't want to make it seem like they were kind of stiffing me. Um, the, the, they, they did uh, ask me to, um, to do a, a signing in the store uh, oh. one time. 
because COVID was getting bad, they couldn't they couldn't do that anymore. So that was kind of like one of the things that they were trying to get uh, local authors and, and new you know oh. uh, debut authors to do is uh, like come to some of the stores, the physical locations, and do and do you know giveaways and book signings and that kind of thing. So um, but you know because of COVID, they weren't able to do that. So I, I just kind of wanted to put a little cliff note on that one. Um, but uh, but on that note, I'd like to say. Uh, you know, talk to local local stores, uh, talk to local um, you know businesses, uh, and and see if you can do a book signing or um, do an event of some sort to to market your book. I, I think those are those are it's a really good idea. I've seen people in different types of like you know artisans events where people are are making their own you know mugs or making candles or making whatever, and there's always somebody there selling books. And I think that's something that that uh, that local authors need to start doing is go to because some of these events, you know, buy buy you know twenty copies of your book and try to try to sell them, try to get those books in people's hands. Of course, and because there's a lot of uh, large book chains in in most cities around the world, and a lot of people feel they just feel like mm, is my book good enough? It it feels like am I doing something wrong by asking a bookstore to sell my book? Do you know what I'm saying? It's a bit weird. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it 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 is weird, but I mean, I, I think those are some of the things that you need to, need to do. And, and like you said, the, you know, you don't need to always go to the to the big book chains. And you can go to your local bookstore, your mom and pop bookstore, and and ask them if you can just sit down and and do a, a local book signing or maybe even a reading. And if they can advertise that for you and people come out, then you know you're you're getting you're getting notability there, where people are are listening to your book and they they are you know seeing seeing the book in in person and they're more likely to buy it absolutely and when you were writing your book did you end up self-publishing or do you did you uh get signed with a publisher um i self-published uh it's it's uh, technically a self-published book but i did enlist the the help of palmetto publishing which is based in south carolina and they they did a lot of the cover work they did some of the formatting um, and uh, because of that, they put their name on the book, which I don't mind. Uh, but I, I, I paid them to do for their services. But um, they, okay. yeah, but it's still it's still independently published by me. Okay. And what was that like? What was the? I guess maybe because a lot of people, if you let's say if you get signed to let's just say Penguin, they're going to give you a, a nice advance on your book. They're going to have a team of professional editors a team of marketing agents who can get your book into every bookstore, get you on some talk shows, on radio, on podcasts, stuff like that. What was the difficulties maybe you faced as a self-publisher? Well, I mean, getting signed by someone like Penguin, that's the, that's the, the dream come true, am I right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. For most people, for most authors, yeah, absolutely, yeah. But, um, but yeah, there's the difference between self-publishing and, and, and getting signed by, by a, a big publisher like that is is really the freedom to do what you want with your book. I mean, when you self-publish, you can pretty much do whatever you want with your book. Um, when when you when you when you're sending your book to someone like Penguin, they you you're relinquishing some of the of your freedoms because the editor is going to look at it and say, "I like this, I like this, I don't like this, so we're going to take this out, and I want you to to redo this." So um, they they have a say in what goes in your book. So um, and which can be a good thing if you're if you're if you're looking at becoming a, um, um, you know, writing novels as your full-time job, as your career, because you're going to get the sales. And that's, that's one of the things is when you, when you go with a big, um, 
publishing firm or publishing company like Penguin is they, they have their own marketing and they will send your book everywhere, all the media, and you will potentially get that book on the number one bestseller list. Mm. And you th- would you think for most authors, um, having job because they've worked, like you said, they work so hard on their book. So let's say there's a piece of your book that absolutely, so absolutely a piece of the book that absolutely defines who the character of Clifford is, right? And you say, okay, this is the big thing that happened to this character. Uh, this, this is his personality trait that basically makes or breaks the character. If a publisher said, yeah, we love the book, but we're thinking of changing this, uh, how would you react? Would you kind of push back? Or do you think, you know what? That's kind of a part of the, the game is that they help you, but then you have to kind of play a game with them as well. Well, I, I, I can't speak from experience because I've, I haven't worked with a, with a literary agent like that before. But, but uh, I, I think personally, I, I would explain why I left that in the book and, and why it's important to me and see if they still want me to, to remove it. But I think overall, if, if they say take it out, I think you would probably take it out, <laughs> or at least I would. Yeah, I think, I think uh, most people would get in the face of having such a huge publishing deal. I mean, look, if, if a big publishing company like that comes out, obviously they can get you on, like we said, any podcast you want, um, all the big book uh, Instagram and Twitter pages, they'll all be kind of given commission to promote your book and stuff like that. So I can understand why a lot of people would make the changes and stuff like that, but there's still a, a huge growing amount of people who are self-publishing and they want to have you know, full ownership and they want to have uh, full creative control, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think that's the benefit of, of self-publishing is you have that full creative control and you, you can do whatever you want with your book. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, moving on, um, do you know how we were just saying there, do you know, there's so many people now, especially uh, using Amazon to self-publish their book. And so many people in the past, when you say, oh, my book is on Amazon, people would say, wow, you know, this is so amazing. But a lot of people don't know that almost anybody can you know, drag and drop a manuscript and have the physical copy in a few days at their doorstep. But um, and like on Twitter, all we see is people uh, dropping their Amazon links to their book. And that's totally fine, right? But like with so much competition, uh, what type of advice would you give to authors? Because when we're looking online, you'll see a lot of content, a lot of videos, a lot of blogs that say 10 things to avoid uh, when writing your fiction book or 10 tropes to avoid in your horror book. Do you think people should be following the advice that's online? Or do you think that kind of makes it like everyone's book ends up becoming kind of somewhat similar? Um, I, I think they should read that uh, just just to kind of ed- educate themselves. I mean, you, you, the last thing you want to do is is make a common mistake, and and like you said, anybody can drag and drop their book on Amazon and, and have it on Amazon and sell it. But um, if 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 you look, you can you can almost tell which books are like that because Amazon has their own template and their own format for like book covers and and such. Hmm. So. Um, you can tell when someone someone does all their all their work on Amazon and they just drag and drop and create their cover and 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 their and their book is there. So um, my my advice to to make it stand out a little bit more, uh, you know, hi, hire somebody to do to do the, the cover work. Hire somebody to do the formatting for you. Um, it, it could be somebody on a on a freelance site like Fiverr or Upwork or something like that. And and if you like the work, then use that as your cover and use that for your formatting for the book. 
So when you put that on Amazon, it stands out a little bit more than than the standard uh, templates that Amazon uses. Absolutely, um, yeah. And it, you because it's definitely worth the investment for a cover more than absolutely anything else. Because yes, you might have spent a certain amount of uh, money having it edited and all the time written, but all that means nothing if no one actually picks up the book. And the way to do that is by having a great cover, you know? Exactly, exactly. And and, and people do judge a book by the cover. It's true. I mean, it's, everybody it's, says, it's, you don't judge a book by the cover, but everybody does. Yeah, absolutely. They, they told the... Um, yeah, we've been told don't judge the book by the cover, but when it comes to literally books, uh, most books are very much judged by the cover, unless, of course, it's a it's an author that they're already familiar with and they can say, okay, I'll still check it out. But for most aspiring authors, especially on Twitter, where you know, the whole goal of Twitter is to stop the scroll, okay? So to get people to stop and look, and most of the time they'll only spend one or two seconds or something like that, but it's having that good cover that's going to make people say, oh, I'll check this out. I'll check out this author's profile. Maybe I'll follow them and see what they're doing. Right, exactly. Mm. Um, so uh, we're going to finish up, but just to um, uh, wrap things up, if you could go back and give yourself one piece of advice uh, when you were writing um, Clifford's War, what would it be? Oh, boy. Um Don't get frustrated. <laughs> I would I would tell myself not to get frustrated because there was a lot of times where I would I would um, I would stop writing out of frustration because either the 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 idea wasn't coming out as 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 well as I wanted it to be, or um, I couldn't think of the, the words I wanted to use to express something, and I would get frustrated with myself. Um, and and that that can be a mood killer. Like and and like we talked about before, you have to be in the right frame of mind, the right mood to, to, to write well. So um, I, I would try to tell myself to, to try not to get frustrated with, with my writing. Mm, absolutely. I guess it's like anything, you know, it's like uh, just taking like an exam, for example, you're kind of stressed and frustrated beforehand. And then when the exam is over, you look back and say, Joe, what was I worrying about? Or what was I stressing about? Joe, everything's going to be okay. But um, yeah. Yeah. No, thank you so much for all of the, uh, the input and the advice and the insight into the, you know, the world of being an author. I'm sure so many people are listening, thinking, wow, he's given me lots of great feedback, or he's thinking the same thing I am, or you know, I'm not the only one. Because uh, uh, similar to you know, your Twitter poll, when you saw so many people replying, you saw, wow, you know, I'm not the only one, and that you realize this is a, a common thought amongst a lot of authors. But uh, uh, Jay Dennison Reed, thank you so much for joining us on the Digital Bookshelf. For everybody that's listening, the link to his book on Amazon will be in the description. So please go and check it out. And um, that's Clifford's War, the Bluegrass Battleground. Um, th again, that's going to be in the description. And you're also going to see it uh, appearing on our Twitter as well. So uh, keep an eye out for that. Um, Jay Dennison Reed, is there anything you want to say before we finish up? Yes, Devin, thank you so much for having me on. It was an honor to be here. And um, hopefully uh, after I write, I finish writing the, the sequel to Clifford's War, uh, we can do this again. Yeah, absolutely. But um, we would be more than happy to have you. Yeah. So thank you so much. And uh, everybody have a great day. And the link uh, to the book again will be in the description. All right. See everybody on the next episode. All right. Thank you very much.